Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. All black, all news, all you. Book Talk is the next installation in our quest to help bring the literary talent in the African-American community to the world stage. Our host for Book Talk is Dr. Constance D. Shabazz. Dr. Shabazz is the co-owner of Books, Inc. Bookstore in Chicago, Illinois. Constance and her husband, Angelo, have been in the bookselling business for over 30 years. This two-hour-long program will feature local and national authors in lively discussions about their work, the writing process, and the challenges that they face in the literary industry. Also, stay tuned for more information regarding our virtual book club. This segment is where members of book clubs from around the country weigh in on the latest literary releases. Books, Inc. Bookstore is one of the few African-American-owned bookstores in the Chicagoland area located at 1835 West 103rd Street in Chicago. Visit Books, Inc. Bookstore online at booksinkonline.com. You may also contact them at 773-330-4115. That's 
You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, All Black, All News, All You, for Saturday, August 27, 2011. This new Internet-based broadcast is designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and surrounding areas. Today's segment is Book Talk with Dr. Constance D. Shabazz. This is our premier show, and we're very excited, and we hope that you join us monthly as we reach out to authors around the country with discussions about their books and the industry. Dr. Shabazz is the co-owner of Books, Inc. Bookstore in Chicago and has been in the book-selling business for over 30 years. So this is definitely where you want to be if you have a love for books, just like I do. And I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, executive producer of Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, and author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010. And I'm Constance, co-host for this show. You are listening to a friend sung by Miss Sylvia Frederick at the opening of the show. She is a Chicago Black Business Network member. This is Book Talk, and the call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. We're very excited about the premiere of this show. We want you to look forward to this segment and uh, some other upcoming and new shows that we're going to add to our network. Our shows are rebroadcast on WJPC FM Chicago. That's WJPCChicago.com. So listen for us on that station. If you have some original music, please send it to us. We'll be happy to share it with our audience. Let's welcome our host to the show. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shabazz. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. And I'm in great spirits. And, and I want to thank Chicago's Black Business Radio Network for letting us uh, get this opportunity to share with your listeners about all the wonderful books that are out here. And so I'm really, really excited about being here this morning. We're excited, too. This is the first in a series of new programming that we're going to have, Dr. Shabazz. Let's start off. Let's tell the listeners, who is Dr. Shabazz? What is Books, I-N-K? Tell us about that. Well, actually, we are a company that actually started from the love of the reading of books. My husband and I are both avid readers. And some 30 years ago, uh, when he was doing a lot of writing and lecturing, uh, we all oftentimes would get requests uh, from people about, well, where did you get that information? So uh, we started uh, selling a lot of books uh, just literally out of the, the trunk of his car, and uh, we eventually moved that into our home. We had a home-based business for many years. Uh, we also uh, found that many independent authors, and even authors who were connected with uh, major publishing houses did not get the kind of exposure that we felt that they needed. So we did something informal. We had several friends and associates that we knew had had published books, and so we would have some um, author signings in our homes. I, I always uh, jokingly tell people that I was doing my Black Betty Crocker impersonation uh, I would cook up all this food, and people just, you know, really loved and connected with the whole idea of meeting authors and 
and uh, eating food and commiserating. And so we decided to actually take that out of our home. We started something back in 1997 called the Literary Luncheon, and that became a hit. Uh, we would bring in authors, many times well-known authors and not-so-well-known authors. We'd use the well-known authors pretty much as our draw for the event. And we also use this as an opportunity to feature African-American-owned venues in the Chicago area. So we, we went into a lot of places where people didn't know, and that way it helped them to hopefully attract uh, new customers. So we had a great time doing that. But uh, over time, we, we wanted to continue to use our our business as more than just a profiteer. I call ourselves uh uh, social entrepreneurs. In other words, yes, we were in the business of making money, but we were also in the business of trying to support a social cause. And literacy, you know, particularly in the African-American community, is, is a big issue. Uh, all too often you'll hear the statistics that there are many young men and women who never read a complete book. Uh, until they've been locked up in the penal system. So that doesn't say much for our educational system. So we're very excited about any opportunities that we have to be able to promote literacy, promote our authors out here in the community. Uh, and on that tip, yeah, I'd like to put a, a plug in for our upcoming event. Uh, we have for the past five years, during the month of October, being uh, able uh, have been partnering with the Carter G. Woodson Library located at 95th and Halsted. Uh This year is our fifth year, as I said, and we have uh, brought in over a two-day period, two Saturdays in October, and this year it will be October 1st and October 15th, and we normally bring in uh, over 50 authors. Uh, many of them uh, have, are from the Chicago area, uh, we've had quite a few from outside. We usually get a contingent of authors who come in from Detroit as well as authors as far away as, as L.A. So uh, this year we're going to uh, be featuring a number of authors. Uh, we did something last year that we're continuing this year. We're also going to have some mini workshops because many times the individuals who come to the, this event are individuals who are not only avid readers, but they may be uh, newly published authors or aspiring authors. And so we want to have these workshops to help them at whatever stage that they're in in the writing process. So we're going to have memoir writing, short story writing. And the big thing is going to be on uh, self-publishing and how to promote your work. And, and our, our main focus this year along with that would be how to use the Internet and the other social medium to put your work out there. So we're excited. Extremely excited about this. We're excited about this program because this is one other thing that will help to promote what we do, what BookSync is all about. So today, as part of this inaugural program, uh, we have uh, two wonderful authors who have joined us, uh, Deanna Burrell uh, and also uh, Lisa Woodson, uh, who goes by the pen name of Nelena Kai. So uh, we're going to take a break right now. And uh, when we come back, we're going to uh, have an interview with our, our first author. So I'm going to turn it back to you, Sonia. Great. You're listening to Book Talk on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Our host is Dr. Constance D. Shabazz, owner of Books, Inc. Bookstore right here in Chicago. 
Our caller number is 347-326-9477, 347-326-9477. This is our premiere show, and we hope that you'll stay with us. We'll be right back. Afrofusion knocking. Chi-Town keep rocking. D-Money Midwest, let's go. I did go to Chicago every third Saturday. With my DJ, they turn me on to good, good music. So this one day at Daytown, I try to keep my head down low. But the order I try, so the more of the artists we sing. They like to shine now, yeah. God, be done, do I'm. They don't be quenched, yeah. They don't see that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most you get it, yeah. Most you get it. I run from the Midwest, I come go East Coast, where the people then yap like all us our so this one day I go out town to try to keep my head down low. But the order I try was the more of your system. They like to shine now, yeah. The people don't see up. They don't be quenched up, yeah. My God, they don't do up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Saluto, you go buy my grace. Now, so we they do. I'm the man at the beach and the sweet and mellow. Green, white, green. And they rap from well. Now, Midwest, I day, but sometimes I they rock in my black and yellow. And they throw away Saluto, you go buy my grace. Now so we they do, I'm the man of the beat and the sweet and mellow. Green, white, green, are they rock somewhere? Now Midwest I do, but sometimes I they rock in my black and yellow. 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 Good morning and welcome back. You're listening to Book Talk with our host, Dr. Carson Sadie Shabazz, and uh, I'm executive producer, Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and this is Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. This is our premier show, and we're very excited to have Dr. Shabazz with us, and we want you to stay tuned. Uh, she has some great authors coming up. Call in if you wish. Three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. Our chat room is open. We want to say good morning to everyone in the chat room. Our caller number is three four seven three two six 
888-646-9477. Let's welcome Dr. Shabazz back to the show. Dr. Shabazz, welcome back to the show. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, like I said, I'm so excited. Uh, this is our inaugural program, and uh, we are now about to enter into our inaugural interview. And our first guest this morning is going to a new author, uh, Deanna Burrell. Uh, she's written a, a book entitled Single Girl Summer. Uh, she's been getting quite a bit of, of uh, attention. Uh, she had a review in uh, Indigo, our MAGA paper here in Chicago, uh, with uh, Hermine Hartman uh, as the editor. And also uh, she's been, uh, had her book selected for uh, inclusion in uh, JET. Uh, and so we'd like to bring Deanna on board to uh, tell us a little bit about her book. So good morning, Deanna. Good morning. First, I just want to say congratulations on the new show. This is fantastic. I'm so excited to be the first author. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. So let's get right to the heart of things. Tell us about this book. Uh, give us a little synopsis of Single Girl Summer. Okay, my one-sentence quick description is that it's a black girl sex in the city, um, also it's a black girl sex in the city set in Chicago. So it's a lot of fun, um, but over and above that, it also has depth. Um, I've been asked to come to a few book clubs. They featured my book, and we've had book club discussion and some questions, and it really lends itself to a lot of great conversation because the book just doesn't deal with dating. It deals with uh, dating on a deeper deeper level. It deals with female relationships and friendships and how females interact, you know, how you can fall out and have different um, different feathers ruffled but eventually come together and work things out. And also deals with the family dynamic. Great, great. That sounds fantastic. Well, you know, uh, when I think of Sex in the City, it, you know, we all know something about it, even if we weren't really watching it all the time. How right. How is your thing different, you know, uh, than what we saw on TV? Oh, well, the, the glaring uh, difference, the major difference, is that my characters are African American. Because um, in Sex in the City, it was rarely any black people <laughs> on that show. So that's one major difference. Also, it, it is set in an urban setting, but the city, of course, is in New York, and my book is in Chicago. Um, another big difference is I, I love Sex in the City, and I love the characters, and I love the way that the women were successful. They were bright. They were independent. You know, it, it was really a, a, a resurgence of kind of that feminine empowerment. Um, but one thing that I didn't like about Sex in the City was that they never made references to, um, well, no, they did make references to religion because one of the characters, she um, converted to Judaism for her husband. But they never talked about their family or their family dynamic, how their upbringing shaped them and molded them and affected the way that they related to other people. So that mm-hmm. was definitely something that I wanted to address in my book, especially before African Americans. Our families are so important to us, and our religion is also so important to us. Um, so those are that's one really really big difference is that I I incorporate the family dynamic into the characters' lives and you can see how it affects their relationship decisions. Great, great. Well, you know I I have a question also. You know our situation uh, in the African American community 
if you can excuse me from generalizing, you know, we, they have a big issue about our so many of our young women are more educated, you know, are more upwardly mobile, more professionals than our black men. We have, you know, so many black men that are incarcerated or, you know, or, or not uh, as well educated. Does your book at all deal with that, that gap and how, you know, how women should address that in this day and time? The thing about, um, I'm going to take this time to just kind of give a little brief summary of my three main characters. There are three women in the book, and in my opinion, each woman represents a different type of relationship. So you have Budden Jackson, who is like the ultimate single girl, and she um, she dates a bunch of different guys, and she feels like, you know, women should not, or people should not be monogamous. Like, monogamy is just, it's too difficult. It's very unrealistic. The people should date a lot of different people and be honest about it. And she represents this idea that there's plenty of fish in the sea. Uh, you should never settle. You should never compromise because there's always someone else out there and someone better. So she comes at dating from this kind of prosperity mindset, if you, you know, if I could be liberal with my description of it. So it does address it in that way. But then I also have another character, Don Martin, and she represents um, women that are in a long-term relationship. She's been with her boyfriend for six years, and she is desperate for, for him to propose to her. Um, and But he's, you know, kind of shucking and diving, going this way, going that way. And she represents when you get to that crossroads in your relationship where you are ready to move forward and you don't know if that other person is and you're trying to make that big decision of do I wait for this person, do I stay, or do I go. And that's what she represents. In the, and she has a lot of fear about leaving because she thinks that he is just, you know, the best thing ever. And if she leaves him, she will never find anyone else as great as him. So, you know, she represents that, what you were saying about this shortage of men or this, this lack of, of enough men to go around for every woman. Um, and then my last character is Megan Cherry, and she is newly divorced. And so she is healing from the, that painful separation, that painful loss. And her journey is going from being, you know, married. Uh, she was married for a long time and, and ingratiating herself back into a single life. And so my three characters, they meet. in the book starts in the spring in May, and each one finds themselves single. Um, and then they meet. And so they kind of, they exchange their different relationship perspectives and ideas let's learn from each other. They have this single girl summer where they go on different adventures and they're healing and they're growing and then the book ends in the fall. So yes, it does address just lots of different perspectives and aspects of relationships, including the idea that there aren't enough men to go around. Right, right. Well, I have a question uh, that was just uh, sent to me. Uh, do you feel that, that uh, the the, the series of Sex in the City was a healthy show for, for black women or for women in general? Uh, you know, yes and no. Uh, there were some, you know, like the Samantha character, she was just really, really over the top and and over sex. And sometimes I couldn't even watch it. I'd be like, whoa, Samantha, like that is <laughs> way too much. But all in all, I felt that it was a great show for women because it, it really – it was a it was a new show. It was something different, and it showed 
women that they didn't have to depend on men. They didn't have to have men define them. And it empowered women. And it empowered female relationships that you should, that's a big part of having a healthy lifestyle is to have these healthy female relationships and making time for your friends and how that makes you a better person. So I, I really like Sex in the City. Of course, everything, you know, has some pros and some cons. And when you have a TV show or when you have a book, you have to make things over the top to keep people's interest and make them come back. Some people, when they read the back of my book, uh, the first line of the, the back cover copies is, Button Jackson knows two things for sure, all men cheat and all women are rivals. So when men read that, they're like, I'm not reading this book. This is another male bashing book. And I'm like, no, it's not. I, I actually have positive black male characters in my book. But I'm like, it's marketing. Like, I wanted to come up with something that would grab people and make them read the book. And so that is the philosophy of Button Jackson, but that's not the whole crux of the book. Right, right. Uh, do you have a, a, another book uh, project on the horizon? Um, actually, uh, Single Raw Summer is my second book. My first book is called Voted Most Creative, and it's a collection of poems and essays to help you be more inspired and creative. Um, so just different. It's called Voted Most Creative, colon, Perspectives on Life, Love, and the Pursuit of Happiness. So it's in three different sections. Um, so Single Raw Summer is my second book, but my first novel. Uh, my next book, I have like 10 books in my head that I want to write, but my oh, wow. full-time yeah, full job is in advertising, and so I I want my next project to be a book about advertising. I have a couple of different angles, and I haven't figured out which one I'm going to work on, but but I'm so busy marketing Singer or Summer when you talked about all the things that you have to do. Um, you know, we're going to talk about that later, about the social networking and, and just getting the word out there. Marketing the book is a full-time job, so I don't – I have a full-time job. I tell them I have two full-time jobs because I have my day full-time job, and then the marketing of Single Girl Summer is a second job. So right now I don't have time to write another book, but I definitely, you know, want to. Well, great, great. Well, you know what? We're going to go to break in just a moment. And what I want us to discuss when you get back uh, is that uh, the whole thing about using social networking and it, people don't know, but we're going to talk a little bit about this. But you actually had started out in um, uh, advertising and radio and television and film. And so we want to know how you're, you're able to use that to help you to promote your book. So I'm going to turn it back over to Sonia, and we'll, we'll be back in just a moment, and we'll continue our conversation with Deanna Burrell, uh, the author of Single Girl Summer. Okay. Thank you. You're listening to Book Talk with host Dr. Constance Shabazz. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. I want to tell you about Chicago's Black Business Network.com. It is a name-based social media business-to-business network. Right now we have approximately 800 members, and we're hoping that you will come over and join us today and touch the world. We'll be very excited to come over and connect with us. And as our host was just discussing, social networking is a very important part of marketing not only your business but your books as well. We started it in 2008, and the reason that I started it, I started it as a 
referral tool for um, a real estate business. Well, we all know what happened to the real estate business, but it has grown into something totally different. We do host events, and we're looking forward to being a part of Dr. Shabazz's event in October, her book, her book showcase over at the Woodson Library here in Chicago. So our calling number is 347-326-9477. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312-217-0652 or visit us on the web at printpowersolutions.com. The Evolution is coming to Chicago, Thursday, September the 29th. The ultimate beauty, fashion, and glamour experience set against the backdrop of the magnificent Chicago skyline and Lake Michigan on the Lakeview Terrace at Navy Pier. Our team of stylists, designers, and photographers from Houston, Los Angeles, and Chicago will navigate your glamorous evolution. The event will stream live, reaching a global audience. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you do not want to miss. For more information, visit evolutionchicago.info. Hello, this is Prentice L. Allison, founder and president of SPSI, Service Perfect Solutions Incorporated, a network of financial service professionals teaching people how to use life insurance and annuities to retain more of their income and pay the least tax on it. Our toll-free number is 877-902-9048. We are proud to have serviced more than 500 clients, national and international, from ages 0 to 99 for the past 30 years. My tip to you today is, if you are a business owner with at least one employee, including yourself, it would behoove you to get business life insurance. Why? Thank you for asking. Seven points I want to leave with you. Your premiums are tax deductible. Your policy bills cash tax deferred. Your cash reserve inside the policy is yours to use tax-free. The policy will replace your income if death occurred prematurely. The company will pay the premiums if you become disabled. The policy will return all premiums to you when you retire. Last but not least, Make sure your agent is well experienced in business life insurance. Stay tuned for more tips on how to use life insurance and annuities to help yourself today and protect your family and business tomorrow. This is Prentice L. Allison, president of SPSI. Toll-free number is 877-902-9048. I wish you well, and to God be the glory. And welcome back to Book Talk with host Dr. Constance Shabazz. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and her co-host for this segment. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. Our calling number is 
888-646-9477. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. If you wish to be a guest on the show, give us a call at 312-239-8835, 312-239-8835. want to remind you to listen to Black Wall Street USA every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. right here on Chicago's BlackBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Our host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher and editor of the South Street Journal newspaper for more than 17 years. That's Black Wall Street USA right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Let's welcome our host of Book Talk back on the air. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Shabazz. And uh, we are uh, continuing our interview with uh, Deanna Burrell, uh, the author of Single Girl Summer. And uh, Deanna, uh, we'd like you to tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Uh, we understand that you, you have uh, extensive experience in uh, advertising. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I, um, I went to Northwestern University for uh, college, and I double majored in radio, television, film, and African-American studies. Uh, then when I graduated, I decided I didn't want to, and while I was there, I also really got involved in the theater. Um, I just fell in love with just everything about it, because um, being in radio, television, film, I did a lot of lights and sound production, and so I got pulled into the African American Theater Ensemble, which was the black theater group on campus, the student group, because um, they needed someone to do lights and sound, and, and not that many people had that expertise. But then I just fell in love with everything about the theater. And so my last year I was uh, president of the group, and I directed a few performances. But then when I graduated, I decided I didn't want to go into the different production aspects of radio, television, and film. I wanted to go into the business side. So I applied and got a job at Starcom, Leo Burnett, and Starcom was new. It, it, it was a spinoff. It's the media buying arm. So I had no idea what I was going to do. There was no research on the company because they had just uh, renamed the division, but I ended up being a strategic media planner, which means that uh, I met with the client and the client service people, and they told me what the goals were, and then I had to put together the media plan. So I had to say, okay, we're going to purchase national television. We're going to purchase it, you know, for these weeks. This is who our, our target is. Um, so that was really a great, great experience. I didn't make any money. I was working for peanuts. And I was working really long hours. It would be nothing for me to be there for 12 hours, get there at 9 in the morning and leave. Actually, more, I believe, at like midnight. But I learned so much working there. I learned, you know, just the corporate lifestyle. I learned a lot about media planning and strategy. Um, just, It was just a great experience. But then I decided that I wanted to go into the sales side of the industry so I switched over and I sold uh, local radio and, and national television. And right now I sell local radio in Chicago. Okay, great. Well, how have you been to translate all of those skills and experiences to helping in, into helping you promote your book? Uh, every skill that I have learned has really, really come into just really helped me a great deal. Um, all of my friends, my close friends and people that I don't know, they're like, your marketing strategy is awesome. 
um, because I really have taken everything that I've learned in my 10-plus years of being in advertising and, and channeled it into everything for my book. So, um, you know, just my, you know, making sure that I, I'm reaching the right demographic. Uh, my demographic is, is my book is, is, they call it chick lit, women's fiction. My target audience is women 25 to 44. I do have a, um, you know, African-American women are a, a part of my, or a big part of my demographic, but my book does resonate with all women. So making sure, you know, my book is on target and my book appeals to that target. Um, when I came up with, the, when I was working on the cover design, making sure that it was something that was pleasing to that target, I did, you know, different focus groups with my friends and people that I don't know to make sure that my book was a product that would resonate with them. Um, and then there's just so much that you can do marketing-wise, free stuff. Like Facebook, I tell everyone, Facebook is the absolute best free marketing tool out there because there is so much you can do on Facebook that's free, but you, you have to make sure that you do it strategically and you have to make sure that it's interesting and you have to make sure that it's not annoying because it's very easy to cross that line to annoying and then people are like, okay, I don't want to see this. But what I do with my Facebook friends, like I accept anyone that sends me a friend request because I don't put very personal things on Facebook, but I make sure that I've engaged everyone in my book. So it's not just me promoting my book, it's me taking you on a journey of all the things that I've done to create and develop this book and to launch this book in the atmosphere. So I'm like, you know, the underdog, and everyone's cheering for me. And when I got my book in Jet Magazine, all my Facebook friends and, and people, they're my Facebook friends, but I don't actually know them, are posting on my page, and they're so excited because they've seen the process and they've gone on the journey. So to really you have to engage people on Facebook, not just with a sale message, hey, go buy my book, also have to make sure to put that message out there, but you have to give them a way to make them feel like they're a part of it and they're and they're watching something and they're involved and they're invested. Right, right. Well, uh, I also noticed when I went to your website that you use Twitter. Uh, how how are you using Twitter, and has that been effective for you? Uh, I am not super, super involved in Twitter. The way I have it set up is I have a Single Girl Summer Facebook page, and the posts that I put on that page, they automatically post on my Twitter feed. So that's the majority of my feeds um, on Twitter go that way. Because honestly, like, I just, I'm working all the all the time, and I don't have as much time to do Twitter. I prefer Facebook. But Twitter is an awesome tool, and if you do it right, that's another great place to connect with people. Um, so I will go on Twitter and I'll, you know, connect with people on Twitter. I don't do enough on Twitter, and it's something that I do need to do more. But Twitter is an awesome tool because you can reach people that you don't – you can reach really famous people. Like one one day I was in New York this summer and I ran into Tamron Hall, and I gave her a copy of my book, and then – I wouldn't necessarily send her a message on Facebook because in order to correspond with her, we'd have to be friends, but I could send her a message on Twitter. I could at mention her and she'll get my message. That's what I went on Twitter and sent her an at mention on Twitter. So I think Twitter is awesome if you are, are really engaged in it. Um, and then if you put post interesting things on Twitter, people will send it out to the people that follow them. So it's 
I actually I had to take a class. I took a social networking class because there are so many nuances to it, the hash marks and the at mentions and all these different things. I had no idea when I first started this process. So I took a class, and I would highly recommend that to anyone that is an author and they want to use social networking. Even if you think you know it, I would still take a class because they can give you some great strategies. Great, great. And I just want to let uh, our uh, listeners know that Deanna is going to be one of our participants at our upcoming author showcase. Um, Deanna, I believe you're on the uh, is it the October the 1st program? No, the 15th. The 15th, okay. Uh, she's going to be there at the October 15th program. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're having our fifth annual uh, author showcase. It's going to be held at Carter G. Woodson Library uh, both October 1st and the 15th. Uh, remember that Deanna is going to be there on the 15th. And you can go to our uh, website to get more information. That's www.booksinkonline.com. And so you can get information about this. We're going to have author panels. We're going to also have what we call mini-workshops where we'll we'll have authors talking about things like uh, writing memoirs, writing short stories, uh, the whole way in which you can use social media to promote your work. So we're going to have numerous authors uh, authors there who will be able you'll be able to connect with and do a lot of of uh, networking with. Uh, we are probably going to have. If you ask, uh, oh, I'll receive. I said people should take a class, and you have a class coming up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So this is going to be a great opportunity, and you'll be able to meet Deanna and the other authors there, and, and she'll be able to share with you. Deanna, we, we're also going to ask you to, to uh, stay on. Uh, now, don't disconnect now. Uh, we're going to continue our interview, but uh, later on in the program, we're going to bring our authors that we interviewed back to, uh, today so as we can talk more about how to use social media and other uh, ways to market your book. So uh, we're going to continue on here. Uh, we're going to take just a, a short break and come back. And uh, thanks so much to all of you who have logged in today to listen to us. Uh, this is our inaugural program, Book Talk. My name is Dr. Constance Shabazz. Uh, I am your host of the program, and uh, we will be back shortly. You're listening to Book Talk with Dr. Constance Shabazz. This is Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. We're going to take a short break here, and we're going to be right back. We want to thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate you. The Evolution is coming to Chicago Thursday, September the 29th. The ultimate beauty, fashion, and glamour experience set against the backdrop of the magnificent Chicago skyline and Lake Michigan on the Lake Butte Terrace at Navy Pier. Our team of stylists, designers, and photographers from Houston, Los Angeles, and Chicago will navigate your glamorous evolution. The event will stream live, reaching a global audience. This is a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you do not want to miss. For more information, visit evolutionchicago.info. 
Register today for the 2011 Black Wall Street USA National Convention and have a chance to win a seven-day Caribbean cruise, including airfare and accommodations. Trip arranged by a travelmoment.com. Representatives from 27 Black Wall Street districts from around the nation will convene on Gary, Indiana from October 21st to the 23rd at the Genesis Convention Center. This year's theme is Make Me a World. To have a chance to win the seven-day Caribbean cruise, you must register online at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com. They go to Chicago every third Saturday. When my DJ, they turn me on to good, good music. So this one day I day down, I try to keep my head down low. But the harder I try, so the more of the artists sing. They like to shine now, hey, God be done to them. They don't be quenched, hey, they don't Chicago's Black Business Network, and we're having a great time here. That was a great interview, and we sure do appreciate you joining us. Let's welcome Dr. Shabazz back to the air. Dr. Shabazz? 
All right. Thank you so much. Uh, this is Constance Shabazz with Book Sync, and this is our inaugural program, Book Talk, here in Chicago. Uh, we're excited. Uh, we still have on the line uh, Deanna Burrell, uh, who is the author of Single Girl Summer. And uh, just before I, I bring her back on, I just want to let you know how we can, how you can get in contact with us. Uh, we have our newly relaunched uh a website which is www.booksinkonline.com. That's www.booksinkonline.com. Uh, also, our email address is booksinc at msn.com. And for those of you who would like to see our physical space, our uh, wonderful little spot in the heart of old downtown Beverly on the southwest side of Chicago, we're located at 1835 West 103rd Street. That's 1835 West 103rd Street, and you can reach us by phone at area code 773-330-4115. Again, we'd like to welcome back um, Deanna Burrell, and uh, hi, Deanna. We're going to be winding down our interview here, and I, I have a question for you. Um, okay. Your your books, um, are you doing anything in terms of, of trying to uh, put it in, in other um uh, mediums like are are you trying to uh, pitch it as maybe a uh, a new TV show or, or even uh, film? Gosh, I would love that, and that's one response that I constantly get from people that I've read the book. Like as I, as I was reading it, I could just see this as a movie. It would be so great. Um, they were like, everyone says, they just remember what an event it was when the first Sex in the City came out and all the girlfriends got together and went. Me and my girlfriends, we took a limo to the theater. We all dressed up. They were like, this book is perfect. It needs to be a movie. But you got to, you know, walk before you leave. So the book is out there, and I'm doing everything that I can to promote it. It's on Amazon and paperback and Kindle. Um, it's also distributed through um, Ingram, Baker, Taylor. So if you go into a bookstore and ask them to order it, they can order it in for you. So, you know, please check it out. My website is singlegirlsummer.com. It's down right now, so it just has a, a, a landing page, but you can click through on there and go to Amazon and purchase the book. You know, please put it on your Facebook page and help me get the word out. And then hopefully next year uh, it, it could be a movie. The woman that wrote The Help, she's one of my heroes because she wrote her book, and and now it's a fantastic movie. So that is my long-term goal, definitely. Great, great. Uh, so can, can you also share with our listening audience uh, any upcoming events that you have? Oh, yes. Um, I try to have an event um, at least once a week or every, at least at least every two weeks, sometimes once a week. Uh, just uh, yesterday um, in Chicago, we have a thing called Chicago Summer Dance. Uh, it's Thursday through Sunday, and you're dancing outside in the park. And yesterday's genre, because it's a different genre every day, DJ Casper did stepping and sliding. And I know DJ Casper because he works at the station that I work at. So I told him that I was calling it Single Girl Summer um, summer dance, so I, you know, had it on my Facebook page and told everyone to come. And I have single girl summer T-shirts, so all my girlfriends came out. We had on our single girl summer T-shirts, so that was my event for yesterday. Um, my next event coming up, I think it will be at Three Peas, uh, which is a, a cute little art gallery here. Um, and would you give us the address? 
Um, September 7th, uh, three Ps. It's on. the south loop um so i'm still working on that um everything's not finalized but that probably is going to be my next event um and then i've got a couple other things in the work so please follow single girl summer on facebook so you can get the updates uh, my website will be back up soon and i can Okay, I think we've lost uh, Deanna. Um, uh, maybe we can get her to call back in. Uh, this is Constance Shabazz uh, with Book Talk, Talk on Chicago's Black Business uh, Radio Network.com. So uh, we're going to uh, just take a, a, just a little bit, bit of a break here just to talk a little bit again about our upcoming event, uh, our office showcase, which is going to be held on October the 1st and October the 15th. These are both Saturdays. Uh, it's going to be held at the Carter G. Woodson Library located at 9525 South Halston in Chicago. And we're going to be featuring over 50 authors divided between the two days. We're going to have a series of author discussions as well as many workshops on various topics, including uh, helping you to write your memoir, helping to write a, a short story, how to self-publish, how to market your book, particularly using the social media. This is Constance Shabazz with uh, the inaugural show of Book Talk in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, our next guest uh, who is on the line, uh, I've known her for about 10 years now. When we first opened our bookstore at 1835 West 103rd Street, uh, she was one of the first authors that uh, we became familiar with at the time. She was a self-published author, and uh, she made quite a splash to the point where she was able to land a, a deal with a major publishing house, and um, she was able to actually climb up the charts and become a bestseller. Uh, she also has a very gifted son uh, who is a, a writer, an award-winning writer, and uh, the two together have made uh, quite an impression in the literary world. So we'd like to uh, say welcome to our, our next uh, author. Uh, she goes by the pen name of Nalena Kai. Uh, her name is Lisa Woodson. Uh, good morning, Lisa. Good morning. And, and we really, really appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your busy schedule to join us this morning. And so uh Let's hear from you. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, about your, your story. How did you become uh, a writer in the first place, and how did you go from being a self-published author to landing uh, what so many people just just lo love to hear about, landing that big deal? 
Well, actually, I did not grow up saying that I wanted to be an author, so it kind of I kind of fell into it. Um, nothing happens by accident, and I was online in the spades room um, with someone, and we were playing, of course, spades. And eventually, we moved out to a private chat room. And this young man sent me some uh, poetry first, and then it was erotic poetry. And then later, it was uh, an erotic short story about two paragraphs of all the wonderful things he wanted to do to me. And I sent him back about ten pages of techniques he he needed to brush up on and things he was missing. So from there, it just kind of started this uh, writing bug with me, and I kept writing. And... The stories that I penned to him over the Internet became chapters 16 through 22 of my first book. And it was my minister, actually, who, uh, after reading that first steamy novel, encouraged me to keep writing as part of uh, my therapy. Um, I was abused uh, by my father and my uncle. And she had, first she was my friend, she was my boss, and then she became my minister, and then my sexual abuse counselor. She's like my best friend in the whole wide world. But it was she was the one to encourage me to continue writing, and from there, all of the stories, the rest of the stories started uh, coming forth. I wrote about six novels in a two-year period and just continued writing until one day and I was self-published, opened my own company, and I was so excited about this writing thing that I had my son to start writing, I had my minister to start writing, I had my dog to start writing. Hey, I don't even have a dog. But I was just that excited about it. I felt if I could do it, everybody should do it. And I didn't realize that sometimes when it's, it's, it's something that comes to you, maybe not everyone else is excited as excited about it as you are. But finally, I was helping all these other people getting their books done. And what I found with uh, publishing other people is that when you're babysitting other people's children, you kind of tend to neglect your own. So one day I realized I was doing all of this hard work and, and I was like, you know, I want a book deal with a major house. And I was preparing for Book Expo America. I was preparing my son and an, another author who lived in Spain. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm helping everybody else. What about me? So I sat down and actually wrote a book. It was four days. It was four Fridays in a row from 8 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock in the morning at a little hole in the wall on the south side of things called the President's Lounge. My brother was the DJ. So I had to stay to 6 o'clock in the morning because that's when he – wrapped up and he could drive me home, but I have my tablet, my pen, I write everything longhand, and I have my drink in one hand, and I would step sometimes in between and have a good time. I wrote that book in four Fridays in a row, threw it together in the last minute. I thought about doing this in March, pinned it in April, basically, uh, had it edited, ready and published in May, and gave away free copies at Book Expo America, and two publishing houses actually uh, showed interest in it. But I signed with Simon & Schuster because they not only showed interest in my book, they showed interest in my son's book. And I saw the opportunity to market both of our books at the same time. Now, did I think that book would be the one that hit? I mean, I didn't really give it the thought as like I did with the previous books that, you know, took a couple a year, you know, go through the editing process. But this one, thrown together at the last minute, was the one that just, took off. It went to press nine times within a six-month period. It's required reading in Indiana University for their Women and Gender Studies course. Uh, hit the uh, Essence bestsellers list twice. Um, and also, just all over the board, it becomes a book club favorite. I never expected that. 
you know, and I was just so glad I got to travel and promote the book. And what I found, though, that there was not as much difference between being self-published, according to the marketing standpoint, or going to the marketing standpoint, uh, being with a, uh, being self-published and being picked up by a major house. I had to actually work harder when I was with a major house because you have to make the numbers. There's more pressure. If your books don't fly off the shelves within those first three months, you know, the publishing house kind of looks at you a little strange, like, oh, well, maybe. So you got to get out there and hump even harder than you did when you were self-published. You do still have to hustle when you're self-published, but then you have your own timeline, and you don't have anyone to answer to but God and the government, when you're paying taxes, that is. But the whole point is I enjoyed both experiences, really and truly. And I'm glad I self-published first because I knew what to expect, and I knew exactly what I was getting with a major house when I when they came calling. Okay, well, you know what? The, I, I, we This is a great story, but I, I definitely want to be sure that we mention the title of the book. So tell us the title of that book. Oh, <laughs> Every Woman Needs a Wife. It's the story of a woman who walks in on the husband and the mistress and says, if you're going to cheat, I need to get something out of it. So the mistress needs to come home, clean my house, keep the kids, and put some money on the bills too. Great story. <laughs> so how many, how many copies have you sold to date? Actually, I don't have the last royalty run. I'll get that uh, next month. But it's in its 12th printing, I believe, at this point in time. But I do know the la- over over 50,000 copies. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, let's go back a little bit. You know, you, you talked about the the whole issue of working harder when you're with a major publishing house, help Mm -hmm. our listeners to understand or debunk the myth about the value of having a a book deal with a publishing house versus doing the self-publishing route. Oh, don't get me wrong now. If I had the choice, I would rather spend my money. There's a difference of exposure and the difference is of where you're putting your money. When you are self-publishing, you pay for everything. You pay for the editing. You pay for the cover design, the ISBN, all the things that go into producing the book, and you still have to kick in for the printing and um, the marketing and promotion. I would rather much have somebody produce it, and I spend all of that money in the marketing and promotion of the book. So don't get me wrong. It's a wonderful thing, and it's a wonderful thing to do both because you've known – some authors, like even Mary B. Morrison, she has a self-published book that she has promoted for years that benefits from the marketing promotion of her other books with a major house. So I still do that. I still have a book uh, with Simon & Schuster, Every Woman Needs a Wife, but then I put out The Pleasures All Mine for people who were waiting for my next book while my agent is shopping it for a bigger deal to get it more exposure. The difference being with a major house, your book is everywhere at once in the bookstores, it's on Kindle, it gets a big push from that from a production and distribution standpoint. But if nobody knows who you are, it doesn't make as much of a difference because what happens is all of those books that don't get picked up by readers, that comes back in the form of returns, and returns can come back to bite you in the butt. So in that, there's, it's, it's I you say, half a dozen in one hand, six in one hand, half a dozen in the other. I say do both. Do exactly. they independently publish it? Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, go ahead. You're taking advantage of, of uh, the best of both worlds, okay? Amen. Uh, and <laughs> point. Yes, because you're using the the larger market, you know, using the, the major publishing house to get to the larger market. 
because um, now and correct me if I'm, I'm incorrect. Um, you can list all of the books that you publish. They don't necessarily have to be the books that are published by that house. Is that true? Exactly. 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 And, and what if you, you can do that. It's like putting a message in a bottle, okay? It, and it so is. it allows you that latitude to be able to get the word out there about your other books, regardless as to whether or not they've been published by that publishing house or by you, and gets and you're using it as uh, advertising and marketing leverage. So that's a fantastic idea. Well, actually, what I do is not necessarily always promote the books, but have people push to go to your website, your electronic place in the world. If you have them drive to, I have a website, www.everywomanneedsawife.com. I have my name website, www.nalinakai.com. And here's the thing. I drive people to the website because my appearances, all my information, there's information up there for aspiring writers, especially since a lot of them come to book signings and they want to take out a one-hour conversation on how you get your book done, and that's not the place to have those conversations. So I have all of the information on the website from editors, cover designers, my publishing journey, the journey with my son. is all on the website. If you keep people going to the website, you keep them connected, they join your mailing list, and that sort of thing. So everywhere I go, even if I don't list my books, I list the website because, especially with the name website, your name will remain the same. Your books will change, but your name will remain the same. So with every book that comes out, I buy the, the um, title. Uh, so Every Woman Needs a Wife, Open Door Marriage. Uh, WW, I have all of those that direct to one site so that so that people can pick it up in one place and get that information, find me on Facebook, whatever, but it's my website that I promote even more so than my books. Great, great. Uh, well, since you mentioned your name, okay, how did you come up with the pen name, Melina Kai? Well, see, what had happened was <laughs> when I started writing, I started writing erotica, and I wanted to protect my son because, you know, people are kind of funny. You know, they wouldn't want their daughters dating. I want my daughter dating her son. She write all them freaky books. So what I did is I chose a name that's a blend of East Indian and Senegalese. Uh, Nalena Kai means the determined one is present. And I put it on there thinking it would protect my son, not knowing he would take the book to school. He took, took the book to school, and he told everybody, that's my mama. He was so proud. He was so proud. <laughs> and so he kind of defeated the purpose, but by that time the name was out there, as well as it helped to separate Lisa Woodson and Elena Kai as two different entities in that sense. Everybody knows, Not everybody knows that Lisa Woodson is an Elena Kai, and I've had people call Lisa Woodson trying to find Elena Kai or whatever. It's just been really interesting. But I did that also in the beginning. You got a different kind of respect if it seemed like somebody else was publishing you in the beginning. So when I did the marketing and promotion for Nalena Kai, I would call the radio or the media, and it would be Lisa Woodson, the publicist for Nalena Kai. <laughs> and it worked And it worked very well in the sense that it helped me to separate the Lisa Woodson who works 9 to 5 at a law firm, who was the mother, breadwinner, that sort of thing. And then Nalena Kai, the author, would travel, who would promote, who would market, and who would uh, consult for other authors who were trying to get published and that sort of thing. So it has, it's almost like wearing two hats, but they make them definitive. But over the years, both have kind of blurred into each other. And I, I love it. 
I love it. I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it at all. You know, people can't spell the name, you know. They mispronounce it or whatever, but they don't forget it when they see it. That's that, that lady with that strange name. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, tell us a little bit about your son, J.L. Woodson, and, and, and tell him tell us a little bit about his, his writing career. Well, his started from a high school. His J.L. Woodson, uh, he was nominated for NAACP Image Award for his book, Superwoman's Child, Son of a Single Mother, which actually chronicles his life being raised by a single mother and all of the powerful women in his family. Um, his, started, his career started uh, with a high school assignment that uh, scared his teacher. The teacher asked him to write a, a short story, a horror story. And, you know, all the other children wrote, you know, the Jason and the Friday the 13th kind of thing. And Jeremy says, that wouldn't, that wouldn't scare me. He said, what would be frightening to me is have to kill one parent to protect another. He wrote that in first person in a seven-page assignment. And I got a call from the school psychologist, um, the counselor, the principal, and the teacher brought us up there. They really thought the things that he wrote in that first chapter was not only just disturbing, they thought it was something going on in the house that they needed to address or whatever. And it was so totally unlike what was going on in the house. There was no domestic violence. I've never been married. Um, And he really wrote, when I read it, I thought it was the most powerful thing that I had ever seen written. And I've kept a journal uh, when I was pregnant with him. And all throughout my pregnancy, even in delivery, I kept that journal with me writing all the medications they gave me, all the time the doctors came in to visit and check up under the hood and all of that. And I kept it till he was six years old. When he began to write, I let him start keeping the journal. What he did was, and I said, hey, you need to write a book. He used that journal to help expand the story and write his first novel when he was 15 years old. It was published when he was 16. It sold 753 copies at a single border on the first day it was released, the borders that used to be on West 95th. He had a wonderful time. It was the longest signing to me in the history of any signings. But then he had the release party. And from there, you know, he gave up a year of his life to write this book. No parties, no this, no that. And it has well rewarded him um, when he got the four-year academic scholarship to Fisk. He took a copy of the book down there and gave it to the admissions officer. They asked him to come back and speak uh, for the Talent Intent down there at Fisk. And right after he finished speaking, they awarded him the academic, the four-year academic scholarship to come down there. And it, so if anything, it paid off there as well because his second book, Superwoman's Child, Son of a Single Mother, kind of chronicled his challenges that he had. I took him out to the suburbs, put him in that those schools out there, and they just did not know how to teach black boys. They just really didn't. And he went from being that straight-A student till uh, I call him the international student, where he was making straight Fs except for a band and lunch. And I just couldn't figure out what was wrong. You know, I just thought lazy or whatever, and there was nothing like that. So for the first two years, freshman and sophomore year, he was like, I was very questionable. They were going to put him in remedial and all of this stuff, but he would test off the meter, and they could not understand it. So when I put him in this school, it was Olive Harvey Middle College. They put him in the school with uh, Helen Stanton Hawkins, the most powerful educator I have ever come across in my life. She didn't call them students. She called them scholars. It had a total change in his dynamic and his approach to school. He went back to being that straight-A student. If he needed help, he reached out for it. So it was a total turnaround, and that turnaround is what he wrote about in Superwoman's Child, how I didn't give up on him, 
how the people, how the college tour and seeing the finish line helped to change his life. And in that, that's why I think that book has done so well. And that's why I think it was nominated for that NAACP Image Award because it told of a man who, who, who persevered beyond all of that. But the book got him, the first book got him the scholarship. And then he chronicled how he started claiming for a full year, thank you, Lord, my college costs are paid in full and little or no cost to me and my mother. Now, it didn't matter. God put that in order. It did not matter that he had not done well those first two years of school. And it showed him it was because he had that book and it showed that he had some talent that they gave it to him on the merit of that and the improvement in those last two years. So I just say for his writing career, he's writing now. I don't push him like I used to. I push most people around me. When I stop pushing, they stop producing. But that's a different story. So finally he said, Mama, can you just give me a deadline? (laughs) But that is a fantastic story. And it goes back to what I mentioned uh, earlier about, uh, unfortunately, too many of our young uh, males and females don't even read a book, much less write anything until they are, forced by circumstances such as incarceration and, and how mm-hmm. empowering it becomes. And, and so it, it puts our uh, a spotlight on the inadequacy of our educational system and how we really need to, to push, you know, for literacy. But it really starts at home, you know. And, mm-hmm. and if, if a parent or a guardian is not reading or doesn't see the value of reading, and, and I think in terms of just the value of, of reading is so important. I think back to the story of uh, the neurosurgeon Ben Carson and how his mother couldn't even read, but she knew the value of reading. And so how that it alone has an impact on our, our young people. You know, if they see someone around or pushing them, taking them to the library, encouraging them to tell their story, to journal or whatever. It makes a world of difference. So we really well, commend you <laughs> for the that you've done, you know, with your son. Uh, he's, he's such a wonderful young man. And also I just want to let our listeners know that um, uh, Lisa is going to be uh, doing a, a workshop, a mini workshop. Uh, Lisa, what date is, is your workshop going to be on? Is that, oh, I believe it's on, on, on the first. <laughs> I think it's on the first, October yes. 1st, the first, first. the first round. Yes, and, and she and her son, J.L. Woodson, will be doing a, a mini workshop on self-publishing. So we encourage all of you to, to come out to our event. Again, that's the Authors Showcase, the two, uh, 2011 Authors Showcase, which will be at Carter G. Woodson Library, October 1st and the 15th. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I forgot to mention earlier that the admission is free. So, I mean, this is one of the rare opportunities that you'll have to be able to go to such an event, to be able to meet other published authors, to uh, take partake of these wonderful workshops, and to, to network for those of you who are published or are, are thinking about it, get, getting your work published. This is a wonderful opportunity for you. So uh, we're going to take a a quick break, and we're going to come back and and can finish up our interview with uh, Lisa. And and Lisa is going to kind of be with our little Robin session at the end of our broadcast today, talking a little bit more about marketing. So we're going to cut the break right now. And thank you so much. We'll be right back with Lisa. You're listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. 
Our segment today is Book Talk with Dr. Constance D. Shabazz, and we're so glad that you joined us. Wonderful, wonderful discussions. We hope to do this every, every month. This is a new interbase broadcast. It's designed to service the African-American community in Chicago and surrounding areas. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. I'm the founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, and we want everybody who's on the line today in our office as well to come over and join us at Chicago's, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com. Join us today and touch the world. I'm also the author of Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and Constance co-host for this show. I'm just very excited. I love it. I love it. I'm a reader. I'm a writer. And we hope that uh, this show will grow and reach out and support the writers, not only in Chicago, but across the country. We're looking forward to this. Dr. Chabaz is the co-owner of Books, Inc., bookstore in Chicago, and has been in the bookselling business for over 30 years. So you know that you are in the right place. Books, Inc. Bookstore is one of the few African-American-owned bookstores in the Chicagoland area, and maybe Dr. Shabazz can touch on that a little bit more for us. They're located at 1835 West 103rd Street in Chicago. Visit them at booksinkonline.com. That's booksinkonline.com. You may also contact them at 773-330-4115. That's 773-330-4115. This is our premiere show, and we hope that you join us monthly as we reach out to authors across the country. Also, we want you to join us right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network on Thursday evenings, every Thursday evening for more than a year. The chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and I have hosted a show called Black Wall Street USA. We're here from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Thursday evenings, and we want you to be with us and be a part of all that we do in sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. You may listen to a rebroadcast of our show, this show, and all of our shows at WJPCChicago.com. That's WJPCChicago.com. If you're interested And being a guest on an upcoming show, give us a call, 312-239-8835. That's my direct number. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. My number is 312-239-8835. Visit our website, chicagosblackbusinessnetwork.com, and we'll be right back. As a matter of fact, this is a commercial from from one of our members. Hey, churches, church groups, auxiliaries, pastors, we want to hear from you. If you and your ministry have got what it takes to be contestants on the new Christian game show, just say the word. Here's what we want you to do. Check out www.masterstylemedia.com forward slash gospel TV. This is where you can find details and information about this hot new Christian game show that's going to help unite the body of Christ by seeing what you know about the word and challenging you to learn more. We're calling on everybody, ushers, the mother's board, deacons, servants. We want to hear from you. Again, www.masterstylemedia.com forward slash gospel TV. If you and your church have got what it takes to be contestants on Just Say the Word, we want to hear from you. Come on and check us out. God bless. 
Register today for the 2011 Black Wall Street USA National Convention and have a chance to win a seven-day Caribbean cruise, including airfare and accommodations. Trip arranged by a travelmoment.com. Representatives from 27 Black Wall Street districts from around the nation will convene on Gary, Indiana from October 21st to the 23rd at the Genesis Convention Center. This year's theme is Make Me a World. To have a chance to win the seven-day Caribbean cruise, you must register online at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com. You know, I've learned a lot in business. There are some things that you just have to have if you want to be successful. A great-looking website, some stunning business cards, and a catchy design. You never get a second chance to make that first impression. Why not let TCC Printing make that first impression for you? At TCC Printing, we've got you covered. We guarantee your best impression. Let us start working on your success today. Give us a call at 312 312- 217-0652 or visit us on the web at printpowersolutions.com Welcome welcome back to Book Talk with Dr. Costa Shabazz. Join us uh, every month and we hope more often Dr. Shabazz if I can get her to do that. <laughs> but join us monthly <laughs> For book talk right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network dot com, Doctor Shabazz, uh, you want to introduce us to your idea about the virtual book club before we we continue the show. Tell us a little bit about that, please. Great, great. Well, thank you for reminding me. Uh, I, I flew in from uh, Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, amid all of the concern about the. Hurricane, so yeah, got out of town fast to, to get back here to do this broadcast, and and I, I knew I was gonna uh, forget things, and, and thank God for program uh, producers like Sonia who keep me on top of things. Yes, we, one of the 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 features that we want to have in upcoming programs is what we're gonna call a virtual book club. We want to hear from book clubs uh, all over the country, and we want to hear about maybe their favorite picks for books. Uh, that they're reading, and we want to be able to engage in a lively discussion about that because that's the end point that authors are trying to get to. They're trying to get to the avid readers because these are the people who are going to uh, share those books with others and, you know, keep the buzz going. And so we want to make sure that we are aware of what's out there because many times the book clubs are, do a wonderful job of identifying many um lesser-known authors, and this is a way of us uh, um, finding out, you know, what's a good read out there and also bringing that to our listening audience. Oftentimes, as a bookseller, I have people come in my store or call me and say, look, I'm looking for a certain type of book. It may be a book that hasn't even been written, okay, but they're looking for us to help them to find the appropriate book, you know, maybe for a young African-American male or a young African-American female or issues with domestic violence or issues around uh, key problems that concern our community. So we are pretty much uh, responsible, kind of like um, profiteering uh, librarians in the sense that we, we help uh, people to locate the, the reading material that uh, uh, meets their needs. So. We're excited about the, the virtual book club. Uh, we ask that any of the uh, book club members that are are listening to our broadcast today, if you can drop us an email uh, and give us your picks, uh, we'd appreciate that. You can send that to Books Inc. 
at msn.com. And uh, that's books, B-O-O-K-S-I-N-K, not I-N-C, but I-N-K, like ink and a pen, at msn.com, books, ink, at msn.com. And now we're going to bring back on uh, our uh, guest, uh, Lisa Woodson, uh, who writes under the pen name of Nelena Kai. And uh, Lisa, uh, welcome back. And uh, tell us about uh, any upcoming events that you have. Well, outside of doing your event at the uh, Woodson Library, I'm, I also have the 7th Annual Cavalcade of Authors Tour um, that will take place October 14th through the 16th. I have New York Times bestselling author Brenda Jackson, um, Francis Ray. I have Beverly Jenkins, Donna Hill, Rashonda Tate Billingsley, uh, as well as Suzetta Perkins, Karen White Owens, and about 10 other authors that will be part of the event that we're having a private dinner first at the uh, Grand Lux Cafe, and then on Saturday after breakfast, we hit DuSable Museum, and then Navy Pier, and a meet and greet at Marilyn Miglin Salon on, on the um, Magnific- Magnificent Mile up there on Oak Street, and then they do a little shopping, then a crimson ball on that Saturday night where everyone wears red, and then an inspirational Sunday brunch at L26 a restaurant right there in the Chicago South Loop Hotel, which is our sponsoring hotel. So this is the first, I've done it for seven years, but this is the first time we've done a tour. You know, a lot of authors and people come to Chicago, but they don't get to see Chicago when they come for the literary event. So instead of having everything stationary, we're going to move it around a bit to uh, have the the attendees have some one-on-one time with their favorite authors. Now, is there a fee for this event? Well, there is an entire weekend where people can get a VIP pass for everything. But, you know, they can join us for dinner at the only a la carte events are the uh, the Grand Lux Cafe Dinner, which is $55. The um, Crimson Ball Tour and Stepper Set is $20. And the tickets are online at www.thecavalcadeofauthors.com. That's T-H-E-C-A-V-A-L-C-A-D-E-O-F. Authors with an S, thecavalcadeofauthors.com. Okay, and, and if our, any of our listeners would like to uh, uh, get more information also, you can feel free to uh, contact us at bookthink at msn.com, and, and we'll uh, link you up to uh, Lisa's website and how you can register for this upcoming event. Um, just as a final note, um, any else on the horizon in terms of new books? Well, actually, uh, The Pleasure is All Mine, which is a spinoff um, of Every Woman Needs a Wife, I'm re-releasing it for the cavalcade, as well as um, also releasing Rich Woman's Fetish, uh, which is set in Chicago during the Robert Taylor Homes when it was first built, and it travels until it is torn down. It will be released only at the cavalcade of authors and at your event People will be able to get it. I'm doing it as a limited edition only because uh, my agent is is shopping it also to several houses to pick up. So what I do is I always independently publish first, you know, get feedback and get reviews and that sort of thing. But putting it out that way doesn't mean it doesn't have an ISBN, so it won't go on Amazon.com or anything like that and dilute the sales in that sense or make it confusing for people when the book is picked up by a major house. Great, great. Well, we're going to close out this segment of our program. We want to thank you, Lisa, for uh, 
uh, allowing us to interview you. Uh, I knew that you were going to be able to offer our listeners a lot of valuable information, and, and your story is just wonderful. Um, and we'd like you to hold on because we want to, to go back to you and our other authors to uh, talk a little bit more about uh, ways in which you've used social networking and other marketing tools to be able to promote your book. So thank you so much for joining us on this segment, and we ask you to hold on. Okay, no problem. Uh, Thank you. Uh, we're going to go to break, uh, and then we'll come back, and, and we're going to have another interview. Um, Sonia, you can take it from here. Thank you so much for listening to Book Talk with Dr. Shabazz. We appreciate you being with us tonight, today. You know, I'm so used to doing that. The Thursday show, I've done it for over a year. I think we have about 75 shows. But we, we really appreciate you being with us, and we looking, we're looking forward to this show just being a valuable part of uh, the uh, literary industry right here in Chicago. We hope that um, we've gotten calls this, this week. Uh, Dr. Shabazz has gotten calls this week. So we very, we're very, very grateful to all of you who are reaching out to us. And it's been such an education here for me as a new self-published author author to uh to listen to these two professionals and wow do i have a long way to go i'm going to uh play the first one of the questions from my book black america asking ourselves the tough questions this is book this is question number one thank you so much tough question number one imagine that you are a black man and the year is 1955 you're walking down the street in a community known as Bridgeport in Chicago, and four white men pull up beside you in a Chevy. Are you afraid? Imagine the year is 1964, and you are a young black man driving down a dark road on your way to Meridian, Mississippi, with two Jewish associates. When you see the bright lights of a car in your rearview mirror, then you see a flashing red light and know that it is a police vehicle. Do you feel safe or are you forever regretful? Imagine as a black man in the year 2010, you're driving through Chicago's Inglewood community and you quite appropriately stop at a stop sign. Before you can pull off, four black men pull up next to your car. Are you scared? Where do you as a black American feel safe? Where do you feel threatened? Why are we still afraid? Haven't we been afraid long enough? That's the first question from Black America asking ourselves the tough questions. And let's welcome our host back to the show, Dr. Shabazz. Yes, and thank you so much. And that's a wonderful segue into our next segment. Uh, of this program. Uh, this is Book Talk. This is our inaugural program on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. Our executive producer is Sonia Perdue, and uh, that was what you just heard a uh, excerpt from her book entitled Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. And this, I understand, is a project that uh, will span over the period of 2010 to 2014. Uh, what it does, it, the book challenges black America to a dialogue about 
uh, major issues that affect the African-American community. And so with that, I'd like to to, uh, bring Sonia uh, to the microphone to talk to us a little bit about this book and, and why she was inspired to write it. Sonia? Well, it's it's strange, Constance. I don't even think it was an inspiration. It just it just came. It it, it was a amazing thing, and I talk about that in the beginning of the book. I was sitting upstairs one great great day, just looking out the window, having one of those moments, and I was just thinking, you know, I gotta get myself together. You know, you know, we had these talks with ourselves, and yeah. uh, had my little house coat on, my little fuzzy little fuzzy house shoes, and uh, took a yellow legal pad and a pen and went downstairs to uh, write out my goals because when I write out goals, when I plan, I have better years. That always works. I've, I've compared it, and when I don't plan and when I don't have goals, it just goes all kind of ways. So I went downstairs really to the dining room table to write out my goals, uh, to make some plans, to make some changes, to do things a little bit differently. We have to have these things. We have to do these things. And... When I sat down at the table, I did not sit down at I did not sit down at that dining room table to write a book. But when I sat down at that dining room table, I started writing and the book came out almost exactly like it is. Something changed by the time I got downstairs to that table and I started um I was gonna ask myself some questions. But it became asking asking black America the tough questions because I had to ask myself some tough questions. And the first question that you heard there is the way that it came out, and that was the start of the book. I kept writing. I kept writing questions. I had to stop myself. I said, I'm going to stop at 100 questions. And I kept writing, and I kept writing, and I kept writing. And that morning, that June, that book was written, and that's where that's what happened. That is fantastic. And, you know, as you heard from uh, Lisa Woodson, you know, that same kind of inspiration, you know, and that's, it's really uh, 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 something that we have to learn, I think, uh, for many of us uh, as writers, we have to really kind of tap into that inner self, that connection with the higher being, whatever you may call that higher being, and let that flow through you. I mean, that's how uh, we get so many of the, the wonderful uh things in this world have come through inspiration from that higher being, be it the art, be it uh, the literary art, visual art, uh, just ideas, the wonderful ideas, it all comes from that seed of inspiration. So that's that's fantastic to hear that. The other question, though, I, I, I have is uh, how did you decide or why did you decide to make this a, a multi-volume uh, uh, project? I did decide. That was all decided right that day, that this is exactly what was going to happen with this book. It was before I got up from that table, it was decided, it was done right there. I tweaked the concept. I tweaked the questions. The questions are in the order that they flow from me. Uh, I deleted some. I added some. All the all the questions were added at the end. They all They are all in order. But the concept that this would be a five-year project was done right then. The concept that the next book, uh, which will be, will not, which will not be out until next year, 
and uh, it was supposed to be out this year. But given the, all the talks that these young ladies have, have done, I have not marketed the book at all. I have so far to go. I have so much to learn. So this is this may be the reason that we are here, Constance, because these are things that I need to learn, the things that I need to do in, in order to uh, make this vision come to full uh, full circle because I haven't marketed the book. But that morning, that time, that concept was done. I knew, I knew, sitting at the table, that the next book was supposed to be the uh, 2011 experience, which will now be the 2012 experience, in which I am supposed to travel the country asking Black America the tough questions and videoing them on different street corners across America, because my concept of it, or the concept as it came to me, is that we are the only ones, the absolutely only ones who have the solution to what plagues us in America. Well, well share with us, so how was how this first book laid out? Are these interviews of other individuals, or are these questions that you yourself are answering? No, I don't answer the tough questions. Uh, I've had a couple of book discussions at the libraries in Chicago. I don't answer the tough questions at all. They can ask me questions about myself, my background, anything that they want. It's about what black America thinks. There is a question and answer book. There are 82 questions in the book, and there's room for you to write your answers to those questions. It's a dialogue that you have with yourself first and then have them in book discussions or in family discussions, in group discussions, church discussions, wherever you may be. We already have these discussions. I simply formalize the process. We have mm-hmm. discussions every day with each other. We have a, we sit at McDonald's. You sit in any coffee shop. You hear Black America discussing the issues. We do talk about these things. I simply formalize the process. Well, how is your book though different than Tavis Bailey's book that came out several years ago entitled Covenant with Black America? Well, I think, and I haven't read Travis's book, but I think. He told Black America what the covenant was or what it should be. I am not telling Black America. I'm asking them. I'm asking them the tough questions. We have to define what it is first and come up with a solution. We have a solution. We have to talk about it. We have to really get down into depth with it. Mm-hmm. I've asked I've asked. Uh, when I first produced the book, which came out last July, I asked a couple of people that first question. Everyone can, who is a Chicagoan, at least, or if they're not, wherever they live in the country, can relate to uh, the Bridgeport question. They had different responses to it, but very similar. Uh, the first people that I asked the first question to were men, black men, who were in their 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. All of those black men had had an experience in Bridgeport with white people. They mm-hmm. were in the, they, all of them had uh, experiences. If we go down to uh, Mississippi and look at that story where those three young men were murdered down there in 1963, we can relate to these, these things. If we look at the, a question about Inglewood, and it's just one question. If we look at the question about Inglewood, we can relate to that. Black people are afraid. 
they're very afraid of their young people. Um, coming to work yesterday, I was I live in Rogers Park, and I have and I thought about adding another part to that question. In 2011, when an unmarked car with four detectives pull up to you and you're a young black man and you're standing on the corner, are you afraid? You probably should be because that's what I saw yesterday. And I stood there and watched them. They didn't get out the car, but they they were in the car right there quite a while talking to those three men. And uh, the three men in that car were down. They didn't back down. They stood there and had a dialogue with them. Um, but they just stopped there and they had a, quite a long conversation. I couldn't hear what the conversation was. So were they afraid? <clears throat> As they walked by me, they had some concerns uh, about why they pulled up when they were just standing there. But that's, uh, I guess that's a part B to that question. But I do believe, and you and you can tell me, Constance, because you may have read uh, Travis's book, that he may be creating a covenant or telling the black America what the covenant should be. I'm asking black America what it should be. Well, what he did in his follow-up book, and I apologize that the, the title is escaping me now, was to actually – he was he put in there solutions. He he gave examples or, uh, of say different organizations or on an individual basis how how some of these issues were being addressed to give to give the reader a blueprint. There are yes we have that problem, but but here are some people who have shown that they've been able to address these problems. And in other words, the best practices that that could be emulated you know throughout the country. But I find it also interesting with your book is that um, you you said that you've done something which I think is 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 noteworthy because many times we we speak uh, in terms of just our own historical perspective. You know, when you talk about the experience of of a sixty year old African American man in the U.S. and remembrances of that from uh, let's say um, the experience of uh, the tragedy of Emmett Till or something else that happened in the 50s and 60s. For our young people, they don't have that kind of historical memory. So to say, well, are you afraid of this? They're thinking of it in the context of today. And so talking about those things that we know should make an average young African-American, male or female, you know, afraid, you know, being in certain neighborhoods, you know, being around, you know, in in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time, kind of thing. If those are things that we need to be uh, that that you be assured that uh, a book like that is inclusive of of the total experience of African Americans, and that differs from uh, you know from period to period. If you understand what I mean, it's going to be different for our, for our older members of our community and different from for our for our younger me- members of our community. Well, absolutely. In the book discussions that I had, there really were no younger people. I guess it was more of interest to people who were in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. But I think the questions, uh, because they are 82, some will apply to younger people. Uh, I've had uh, a couple of universities contact me who are interested in doing book discussions. So, they obviously feel that it would apply to that particular age group. So there, there's, as they say, there's something in here uh, 
that relates to almost everyone because as I listen to as you ask the question as I ask the questions, the tough questions, everybody has a story about it. Everybody, you know, has a feeling about it, uh, about how they feel. When I did the book discussion, I only used three questions and we mm-hmm. couldn't even get to three couldn't get to three questions. Right, right. <laughs> and because we could get the three questions. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, look, this has been wonderful. I, you know, I when we were planning this program, I, I said to Sonia, I said, Sonia, we have to interview you. You have a book, and that's uh, part of what we're trying to do here is expose people to uh, works of uh, writing that are out here that we, we're not even aware of, and that's why our next segment uh, is going to be talking about, you know, how to better market our, our, uh, your book. And so uh, we're going to take a break right now, and then when we come back, we want to bring all of our authors, including our executive producer, Sonia Perdue, uh, to talk a little bit about that as we close out the uh, first uh, program, uh, Book Talk, with Dr. Constance Shabazz of Books, Inc., and we'll be back shortly. Thank you. Talk and 
just for those of you all who uh, came on late, this is our inaugural program on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network.com. This really is a dream come true for me uh, because about 10 years ago, we were approached by a local radio station that is now out of business. And uh, the young lady who was an account manager was uh, had this great idea of doing an online or, uh, I'm sorry, radio book club. And so uh, we actually even went so far as to, to do a demo. And next thing I know, she left the radio station and the station itself got sold. But, you know, I said, you know, this is a great idea. You know, we need to hear uh, from our authors. We need to hear about the books that don't make it, you know, onto the shelves of the, the big boxes, some of which are gone now, uh, coincidentally. And, and so we need some, some avenue to do this. So I tried to pitch it to some of the local radio stations, and uh, it just was too cost prohibitive. But Sonia uh, Perdue, who's our executive producer, um, and talk, engaged with us uh, uh, a conversation about this whole idea. She liked it. She says, look, we're getting ready to launch our new radio program. Uh, let's make this uh, one of our inaugural programs. And, and I'm telling you, we are just ec- ecstatic about this. There have been some great interviews today. So we're going to segue now into our last segment. We're going to talk uh, with our authors, bring them all back on board, to talk a little bit about how they use uh, social media uh, or what marketing tools they use to, to promote their book. Uh, first, I'd like to, to bring uh, Deanna Burrell, uh, the author of Single Girl Summer, we, uh, back on and, and uh, get her take on that. Hi. Um, well, one of the essential tools that I use is that I hired a PR firm to help me. Um, that was really invaluable. They helped me a lot with the branding of the book. Uh, the graphic artist, she came up with the, the logo for Single Girl Summer, which is on the cover of the book. And just they just really helped me to build out the brand and the marketing strategy. Um, they put me in touch. They have a great network, so they put me in touch with lots of different writers. It's actually how I secured the piece in Jet. They put me in touch with a writer. She was a freelance writer. I pitched her the idea. Like we had some conversations, and then she got hired at Jet, and she really loved the book after she read it, and then she wrote an article about it. So hiring the PR firm was, was invaluable, um, using social networking, but then also to remember to get out in front of people face-to-face. I, you know, I've always been in, in marketing. I'm a very friendly person, and I know the value of having a good network, and I've always used that, and that's always one of my best and greatest strategies and assets is getting in front of people calling people that I know that are authors, like Yatasha Bomat, the author of Post Black. She's always been very helpful to me. I called her and said, hey, you know, do you have any ideas for me? She put me in touch with Ms. Shabazz, and then voila, I'm here on this great show with these wonderful women, and I'm also going to be featured in Ms. Shabazz's showcase at Carter G. Woodson. So, and I, the thing is, I called, I sent Ms. Shabazz a couple of emails, and I didn't hear back from her. And just not, I, I'm never discouraged. I know that people are busy. I never take it personally. So I just went directly to her store because I wanted her to have a copy of my book. And she wasn't there, so I dropped it off with her son. And make sure that you follow up. So then I followed up with her. I gave her a call, and she answered. She had been out of town. Um, I told her, you know, all the things that I've done for my book, all the, the legwork that I do, and said, you know, if there's anything that she can tie me into, I'd appreciate it. And, you know, here I am today. So you, using social networking, but also building face-to-face, 
personal contacts with people. Fantastic. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> and Lisa? Yes, ma'am. Okay, Hello? so tell us. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I want to be sure you heard the question, you know, how you're using social networking or what other tools you're using uh, to that have been able to help you to successfully market your book. Actually, I am a big fan of Facebook. I'm just going to be honest. At first it was MySpace, and then it was all these ing sites. Okay, and I'm just going to be really honest here. My son did my Facebook page because after Facebook, I drew the line at that. There's no Twitter for me or anything like that. He does Twitter, but he says, Mom, really, everybody's on Facebook. So that's basically it for me. What I tend to use is a lot of the e-blast services like City Alert and what you need is and Red Red uh, Level Entertainment to get the word out and some of the, um, how do you say, streaming with um, Clear Channel that Clear Channel has to get information out uh, electronically to people about my events and about my books and that, that sort of thing. You know, I post events on Facebook. I go there. It's a wonderful place to connect with people, but also, too, I have a life. <laughs> so... I generally challenge myself not to use it more than a certain time of day because I'm not also, I work a nine-to-five. I'm also writing. I'm also editing a couple of other people's books who are going to press. They're on deadline right now to turn in books to Simon & Schuster, and one is independent, and he's trying to get his book out in time for my event as well. So there's a lot more going on in my life that I cannot spend hours on end on on the internet, you know, just doing that end of things, and I hopefully, you know, word of mouth. I put it, make sure that if I'm on the bus, everywhere I go, I'm carrying uh, bookmarks, flyers, that sort of thing. If I see somebody reading something on the bus and say, "Hey, do you read such and such and such?" and when they I see what they're reading, I pass it in. Hey, can you take a few of these to work with you? It never fails, and I think it. The hand-to-hand marketing is also wonderful. We cannot be belittled in that sense that, yes, social media is nice, but they, what has worked for me best is hand-to-hand sales because people don't buy the book. They buy you, and that is Absolutely. me, and I'm a saleswoman. I'm a saleswoman. My son and I, we were both at the Baltimore Book Festival, learned a very valuable lesson there. So every case of the books that Simon & Schuster brought out with them, while the other authors there didn't because the thing is he was working the crowd, passing out the bookmarks, getting people to know, getting people over. We were tag team. Learned a very valuable lesson on hand-to-hand sales. Yes, social networking is wonderful, but get me in a room full of folks, I'm a saleswoman. I'm a worker like a you-know-what in the business district. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. You know, and that's one of the issues that um, I oftentimes um, – have with, you know, primarily the self-published authors is that they don't realize that the easy part is writing the book and getting it into print. Now, I've got, just gone through a five-year period of redoing one of my husband's books, so I, I, I know that I'm saying that easy tongue-in-cheek, but the the real work really begins afterwards. So actually, it really should should coincide with the writing. You know, when you make a decision that you're going to put something in print, you have to to make a decision early on. Is this going to be for just personal consumption or is this going to be um, 
for the broader public. And when you make that that uh, decision, if you if just for personal consumption, it may be a family memoir that you want to sh- make sure that all the family family members know about the history of the family and that really no, not too many people outside of that circle are going to be interested in it, then you can limit, you know, the amount of, re- of resources that you have to use. You know, yes, of course, you want to edit it, make it look nice, get it printed up, you know, and maybe just, you know, print enough copies for family and a few other people. But when you're talking about taking on a major commercial venture, you are looking at this as a business and you have to have a business plan, and one of the biggest portions of your business plan is your marketing plan. And so for many of our the authors out here, I find that there's a lot of trepidation, okay, with regards to that end of it. And so we've done a couple of things um, it, with our company as a part of our our whole process of helping authors. So we started something last week, uh, not, not sorry, last year with a company uh, that provides what we call a, a, a lit assist, and, and this is like a virtual assistant, and uh, to help authors who may need somebody to, you know, help to update their Facebook, their websites, their blog, and things like that. So th- these are some of the things that we try try to do, and also uh, two other things. Uh, one, I want to be sure that since I mentioned about my husband's book that, that you're aware, uh, he's written a book entitled uh, The Origin of Holidays, Myths, Signs, and Symbols. It's on our website. Uh, that's www.booksinkonline.com. Interesting book. It's uh, actually the fifth edition of a book that he wrote many years ago talking about the origin of our commonly observed holidays and how many of them are linked to uh, pagan practices. So please pick it up. Uh, you can also get it at our store. Books, Inc. Uh, is located at 1835 West 103rd Street, and that's in Chicago, Illinois. Um, we're going to go back to our authors. I want to hear, uh, before we close, I want to hear from Sonia. Sonia, what have you been doing? Uh, what's been successful you, for, for you in terms of marketing your book? Well, Dr. Shabazz, I'm just going to say that I'm here to learn. And that's I'm getting more excited all the time now. By the time this series is, you know, a few more series down, a few more segments down, I will be a pro just like them. I self-published on Creative Space, and uh, I need to redo my book cover. I had difficulty with the template on there. But uh, it's in a little revision, and I'm going to put it back out. I'm going to take all these lessons with me. Uh, Ms. Shanae Williams is going to help me with that. She's setting up book discussions for me now. So that is going to be a a help for me. But I'm taking all of this as a lesson, Dr. Shabazz, all of it. Well, you know, that's what we're here for, and we're excited uh, about all of the information that our authors have provided to us. And, and, you know, this is just going to be – the first of what we hope many shows that we're going to help authors do this process and help to get their work out there. Uh, one thing I, I would like to say is that, uh, you know, we want to be sure that people realize that, you know, you have, we're not trying to discourage you. There's work to be done out there. There are a lot of ways to, to market and promote your books. You know, having a platform, say if you're talking about the issues like domestic violence or whatever, you know, creating a platform, you know, giving talks and, and 
and like Lisa and Deanna mentioned, being out there face to face with people, they want to see the individuals, they want to connect with that author, and that really is going to sell those books for you. And with that, you know, I would like to thank each and every one of you who uh, signed on to our broadcast today. We want to thank all of our guests, uh, Deanna Burrell and, and Lisa Woodson, aka Nelena Kai, and uh, we look to hear from you all again, uh, and also join for us. For you to join us next month, we'll be broadcasting on Saturday, uh, September the 24th. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Constance Shabazz with Book Talk, and have a great day, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for Book Talk. This is our first segment. We're so thankful for Dr. Shabazz. Look for us again on September 24th, right here on Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue. Good day.